Welcome to Sales and Marketing Fry Talks, where we share insights, best practices and anecdotes from technology companies. Join us live on LinkedIn or subscribe to our podcast. And now to the new episode. And this time um, we decided to talk about how effectively scale your cloud business. And the cloud has introduced lots of new opportunities for resellers, IT service providers, system integrators, you name it. But also it uh, brought a lot of challenges on especially how to stay competitive and profitable while you're scaling your business, entering new markets, new segments and things like that. And together with us, we have a returning uh, dear guest, Gabor Vass, uh, partner business development lead at Microsoft, who will help us explore how to effectively scale the cloud business. So welcome, Gabor. Welcome back. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Roland, and, and thanks for the opportunity. I just realized it has been over a year we had the, the last talk, so very happy to come back. Yeah, exactly. A year ago, we talked about the profitability of the cloud business, and those who are interested, please uh, roll back our uh, episodes and, uh, and watch that. was also one incredible episode with Gabor, what you will definitely find useful. So let's uh, kick off a, a conversation. And firstly, I think uh, it's important to understand what actually cloud has brought in terms of the uh, let's, let changes in the landscape of the business, what uh, Microsoft partners and other IT companies are, are, are dealing with. So I think when you look at, uh, you know, we have been talking about cloud since, uh, you know, multiple years and that's the, yes. that's the magic word. But what I believe it's important to look a little bit that we see this shift continuing and accelerating even though, but I think there are a couple of factors I would like to bring uh, you and, 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 and the, the partner's attention, which I believe it's important to look at now. And there is always uh, one thing I'm starting from, these are like the externalities, like the things mm -hmm. that you cannot really influence that it's happening. And you know, we are unfortunately get to bad news always. Like we remember when, when, when we had very good 15 years, then COVID started, then mm -hmm. war started, and then you see the economic impact of this one. So there are always, I, I listened to a, a very good consultant uh, uh, pitching about economics, but for me, the key three takeaways was as a potential, if I would be a partner, that the three things that I see is changing now customer and partner world. First of all, uh, the cost of capital. Excess mm -hmm. of capital is significantly increasing. And uh, we will translate that a little bit to, to customer and partners. The second thing that I see, obviously, is the inflation and currency fluctuation that mm -hmm. impacts uh, partners and also customer life. The third one, what I, 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 I took out from this long list of challenges is the is the challenge on supply. And if you think about yeah. challenge of supply, you, you, you need to think about also like material supply, but also people supply. These are the two yes. factors that uh, I think uh, are important because we cannot influence, but we need to be agile to be able to answer. So when you first think about what does it mean today for the customers, you always see specific areas that are accelerating. When you think about COVID, we like it or not, hybrid work and potential technology that can solve hybrid work challenge yeah. significantly increased. 
We like it or not, unfortunately, war created a huge demand on security. True. When you think about the current uh, uh, global economic topic, again, companies, customers are rethinking their cost structure, rethinking their potential big investment, from uh, 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 kind of even moving away from big, big projects as thinking potentially for short-term answers. And I think this is, uh, Andre, when you started like, okay, but what does it mean uh, for a partner level that we, we, we try to say that cloud becomes not like it's a business driver now. So it's not, not the old discussion like why should you move from your on-prem infrastructure to cloud? But uh, uh, during the last six months, we see significant you know, motivation to customers to ensure that they can scale via cloud. So cloud start to get like the normal decision. The question is yeah. more what cloud and what type of service you would like to buy from cloud. So that's something that I see obviously accelerating shifting with the business. The, the second thing which, uh, which continued is that, you know, we, we discussed probably last time, like the old model of reselling. Then you do project-based deployment, one big project where you bring, and then you start to build your business to this repetitive recurring service revenue. Mm -hmm. What I observe is that IP, partners, intellectual property, is something that is starting to increase. And, 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 uh -huh. and I think uh, if I may call out two specific examples that I see uh, lately, sustainability, it's an amazing hot topic. If you can build any potential solution that can help customers to, you know, we have this like uh, record, report, reduce. So how you collect data from your manufacturing, from your agricultural, from your company, how you can put it in a, in a, in a, in a reportable format that you can put and how you yes. can make decisions. So that's, for example, one of the key cool topics that I see that partner IP and profitability on partner IP is getting really, really the shift now moving from like, okay, how many licenses do you need? What type of server do you need? And let me just mm -hmm. deliver and compete with other partners on four or 5% uh, 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 margin. So in other words, what you see that there is much more partners like of Microsoft or in general cloud uh, partners who are starting to design and offer on the market own services, own products, instead of just uh, staying on the reseller, let's say business model. Exactly. And this is one of the topic what differentiates go to market and, and mm -hmm. how you do marketing and sales because uh, the, the shift really accelerated. So you, if you are on the market to provide uh, Microsoft small and medium uh, uh, office licenses, then you will compete with 20 other partners with the same message. If you can package it in a way that you provide a hybrid, of, uh, hybrid work environment, where yes. you also do deployment management, potential security services to the customer, you can package your solution and sell with your solution, which has a different value proposition than just the discussion about, okay, do you need 50 or 52 uh, E3 licenses? Yeah. That, that's yeah. the differentiation. And if you can add something, which is your own IP, which might be industry relevant, 
frontline worker, a retail shopper, um, you know, iPad scenario when you can look at mm -hmm, mm -hmm, e-commerce, mm -hmm. anything which goes into this uh, industry scenario, that's where we see that the, the differentiation starts. And I just had a talk uh, a couple of months ago with, um, I will not name the partner, it's a partner from Czech. And it was amazing learning also from my side, like what they did is practically went super deep on manufacturing and e-commerce scenarios and provided a very specific solution. So mm -hmm. they moved away totally from this, like, like process optimization, the heart of the business. Yes. Yes. And then, you know, they, they cannot scale. The, the orders and the number of uh, uh, projects they should scale. Now they have, a you know, the luxury challenge, I call that, you know, how you can make sure that you have enough. Capacity. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, yeah that's like the luxury problem. That's always like each of us would like to see. Yeah, so uh, that that's kind of sounds obvious because uh, basically on just pure reselling, you cannot uh, really make your profit, right? Because uh, as you said, there are tens or maybe even hundreds. And nowadays in EU, you definitely compete with the whole like EU market uh, for delivering these you know, licenses. And it's, it's very hard. But uh, then basically uh, the, the, the path for you to make a higher profit, to grow your business in terms of uh, um, more value add uh, projects, that's exactly going into developing your own solution or combining different elements of cloud provider uh, with your value added services and delivering it to your customers on specialized uh, kind of manner. Like, would it be an industry focus? Would it be some vertical solution uh, type of focus or something like that? Uh, that? That is what you see like as a growing trend, right? Absolutely. And I think it raises the, I, I see one of the biggest challenge from my experience when we work with partners that in many cases, they underestimate the time and energy that needs to be spent on go-to-market. And, and, yes. and as we are talking about marketing and sales, which kind of like the whole customer journey, I see many examples when partners creating a cool solution or they have a mm -hmm. super smart technical guy creating the coolest AI-based uh, uh, predictive analytics something, and then they want to go and sell it to Germany. And yeah. I think the, the, the big topic that is missing that do you really spend time uh, on, on, on kind of like three different layers? What does it mean for the customer? Yeah. What does it mean for the vendor like Microsoft, AWS, Google, name it, Oracle, you work together, or Salesforce, whoever. And the third one, what does it mean for you as a partner in another way? What is the optimal go-to-market scenario for you? I think that's probably one of the most underrated or undervalued uh, uh, time spent with partners. You create the product and then you want to sell it in the US. And then, and then you think, okay, I, I will pay some marketplace or I will do co-sell with Microsoft. And then it's not working. Why? So I, I think for me, <laughs> Uh, if I may say, in the last months and, and and the last year, probably that's 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 one of the the the, the and I see like three layers that that uh, I would even propose, or if I can uh, give an advice to 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 partners to think about that. 
you need to relatively simplify, but you need to go through this sometimes frustrating, sometimes very painful exercise that you try to give hard answers. And like for me, mm -hmm. the simplest, stupidest questions that many case partners are failing. Okay, but what what is the pain point that it solves to customer? Is it relevant yes. to a specific customer uh, pain point? And why would they pay in the end of the day, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that's even like okay. That that's even what you say is like okay. How we I, how how will I monetize it? But mm -hmm. uh, one example I saw and it was very interesting. And again, I'm not. Try to not pitch it Microsoft, but uh, other vendors has it as well. My proposal would be probably one topic we can offer, and it makes sense that these guys, like these big vendors, usually create solution playbooks, yeah. which creates a specific scenario that is solving customer problem. There are industry playbooks, there are solution playbooks where this, like if you have a retail customer, what are the potential scenarios and yes. what are the potential answer. I, I would propose to start from here because it can really help to think it through what your solution will solve as a customer problem. I think that's that's for me the number one that I see sometimes uh, uh, partners are failing to spend uh, spend enough time. Yeah, and it is very, very crucial because uh, if your solution may be really very advanced, as you said, based on latest AI technology or whatever else, but if there is no real need uh, for that on the market or you are not able really communicate it properly uh, that's that's a big big risk especially when you are thinking of scaling to another market and we also have uh, seen this uh, quite a lot uh, when uh, there is such such a big excitement about the solution that maybe they already have some local projects uh, which turn to be successful uh, right but uh, when when it comes to selling it abroad when it comes to selling it to new markets, to new territories. Uh, it's a completely different game because nobody knows you at these territories and you need to kind of create a connection with your clients, potential clients. And uh, that's exactly starts with answering the question, what it means for the client, uh, why they will buy it and how do you differentiate from maybe other alternatives and things like that. Yeah. And I think I think also quite a lot of companies still underappreciate effort which must go into marketing and into sales. And I would say that tech companies very often are technically brilliant and they are used to work according to methodologies, processes, procedures, what relates to their product development. But somehow they very often like to take shortcuts and think that it's enough to build a great product and customers somehow will come. But that is very often not the not not the case. Having the product is just the first uh, first step. And also, what I have noticed is that many companies underestimate real the investment required. First of all, in marketing in general, right? And second thing is uh, the economical model of their cloud business because they because after after they make sale, right? It will take several months at best until they break even, and very often they just somehow don't plan for that. And, and I think you, you, you touched a very important point. And I think uh, one of the, so after the planning, one of the, one of the things that I see that many owners, business leads, they still look at marketing as like, let's invite customers, let's put a Molino behind, I'm, I'm sarcastic, sorry, by intention. Uh, 
let's put a Molino behind, let's dress up well, let's have something, and then, then that's marketing. And then yeah. we will do the hard sales. We, we dress up nice suit, I go, I look at the customer eye, and I will convert him and so on. And I think what I see that in reality, and this is what also Microsoft is doing, like you need to build up a kind of an optimal customer scenario, a customer yeah. touch point. And this is also the point that, that we mentioned that sometimes partners don't spend time. There are certain logical steps that you in an ideal scenario would like to bring your customer. Mm -hmm. And it starts obviously with awareness or it starts with, you know, nice events or you can do things. But if you don't have the next logical step, yeah. how do you validate the outcome of your in-person event or webinar event? How do you qualify Optic? I think this is where I see the biggest gap based on my experience. If it's already sales, you create workshop or you, you do a proof of concept. Yeah, yeah deploy the solution, then salespeople know what to do. Marketing people can do the best event. They have a nice, but the bridge in between is very often missing. Okay, what do I do with those 50 customers that are participating? Can I trigger some next logical step? Look, I hope you were interested. What if we go a little bit deeper and, you know, in, uh, introduce you a, a specific solution that you might solve your potential challenge? Okay, if you that, are you interested? So what if we do a specific assessment? How would it look like for your company? What is the TCO calculation? You know, and it sounds very sophisticated. And I know we discussed that, you know, sometimes like big partners or sophisticated partners do, but kind of like a smaller partner might not think this way. I think, it, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I think in, in reality, it's not so hard, actually, if you really just uh, put your kind of uh, um, all activities into the context of this uh, journey, right, as you said, like concept, if you understand what are these, let's say, critical steps for customers to accept your solution and to buy it, like what they need to go through, because uh, uh, and if you understand that, and if you have aligned your activities according to this, you will be very much more successful. Uh, because what we have seen is that uh, often again, because of the excitement on the technology on the product, um, and um, uh, technology companies, they start immediately with selling. And uh, uh, that not always what actually your potential customers uh, ready for. Most of them actually are not. And uh, you need to still kind of help them understand and recognize why do they need this solution and then uh, show them uh, how this solution, as you said, like can help them. I just uh, literally yesterday had a one conversation with the client of our client for the for the interview. Mm -hmm. We were running an interview and it was interesting that uh, the lady, she said, yeah, I like actually attending events, but you know, nowadays there are so many events, it's it's really hard to prioritize. And more importantly, the value of this is, is very low for me. And I asked, okay, but what would be the value? She said, yeah, I like that people come and share the vision, like for my industry, for my company, what I need to do for whatever, digital transformation, something like that. But vision for me is not enough. What I want to see is how I can apply this vision into my specific situation, right? So that they understand where I am in the journey and show me like already prepared ideas, right? Prepared like solutions. 
And that's actually sometimes what, what is missing. Either people run too fast into solutions and, and uh, customers simply don't understand that why they do they need because they don't have a vision for that or they share a vision, but they don't connect it with uh, the next uh, steps and possible outcomes. And I think, as you said, so building this bridge between like different steps of the customer journey would definitely be very helpful. And I tell you this very transparently because I learned this in a hard way. And this is always yeah. my proposal that, that like a couple of things. One, I'm coming from sales and I remember how much I was underestimating when you, you know, you have this word like, okay, I do a social campaign and there is a lead. And from seller perspective, what you expect, okay, give me the contact. And I'm expecting that this contact would like to already buy my product. So what yeah. I need is a salesperson, call the customer to say, I heard you are interested in my solution. How much do you need? I, again, I'm simplifying, I'm sarcastic. Oh, sure. And then the customer, look, I have no clue what I want to want. I just, I just was in an event. It seems interesting. So I shared my contract, but come on. And then sellers comes. You know, it was a very low quality lead. No, it, it doesn't. So this is the bridge. And these are the simple steps that partners need to think about. Marketing can create, LinkedIn can create, Google Optimist. You can get a lot of signals, but you yeah. need to convert it to interest, to leads, and you need to do certain steps. And I think that's an area where vendors like Microsoft can help, consultant like you can help. And this is where I would, like if one specific proposal to the partners if you have a solution these guys like microsoft is publishing this playbook it's available like if you go to web yep. see partners on you have this security playbook modern work playbook it might be that it's complex simplify it for yourself but it can help mm -hmm. to identify what type of programs can help to move step by step onto this customer journey yeah. and then you can do your own action and i think the second secret is that uh, use others' money, meaning that if vendor like Microsoft has a program that we pay partners for a 90-minute specific discussion for a customer, and you yeah. can show that you presented, we pay like $1,000. So you don't need to use your pre-sales cost. Vendors, others that are doing the same, are offloading. So do you know on a specific steps what is the program, what you would like to do, and can you use it somehow from, are, are you getting incentives on this one or any investment for the partners? Looking at two partners who knows this, who reading through this, uh, I call them like the ugly playbooks, the difference is amazing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There is a lot of opportunities to leverage uh, what already exists, both like resources, but also like a funding and uh, and actually, uh the, the the possibility to reach out to the clients and here i have a, another question actually it links very well with the, uh, another topic uh, of scalability like uh vendors like microsoft uh, others they offer so-called like co-sell motions or something which kind of helps um, solution vendor to introduce their solution to the broad audience of uh, of these cloud vendors so do you see this as a good kind of opportunity to scale or it still needs to be like very carefully adjusted uh, based on your solution and uh, markets you are entering or how, how does it work? I think that's the future, but it links back to the 
question, can you really validate how your solution is relevant to customer, but also to the yeah. vendor? Let me take this example, CoSell. 50, 60% of Microsoft forward-looking pipeline is with partners. We do this with the CoSell. Either yeah. selling Microsoft first-party solution or partner third-party. So we have many thousand engagement only in Central Eastern Europe. However, to do really COSAL, as I mentioned, if your solution, the average deal, you need to understand what the Microsoft seller is motivated, how this will help to the seller to drive, in our case, Azure Consumed Avenue. So COSAL is a very tailor-made. It works only for a set of solution, top three, five solution, a specific scenario where you mm -hmm. can get the biggest business. And this is where you need to be very critical. I saw this very case, like I create a solution, it's IP cost already, so Microsoft will sell it for me. You cannot yeah. scale. You have limited people who would do this and limited interest. Limited interest if you have a $10,000 Azure solution, an enterprise lead is not going to pay attention to this. Sorry to say, but I think this is the brutal honesty that you need to face. So the question is what other layers of co-selling with Microsoft works? And one of the things, uh, uh, that it's coming P2P, can you, can you use Microsoft ecosystem to link with another solution? Think about the following. So P2P uh, P2 means for the partner to partner, right? Partner Connecting partner. with other partners. Yeah. Yeah. You create the IP in Baltics in Poland, but you want to go to Greece. So the question, yeah. can you link with the office line in Greece who has the local integration capacity and the local one and create this motion via the other partner? So yeah. you have the IP, local knowledge, local go-to-market with, with a partner. That's something that it's coming. Even you can think about distributors like big guys, tech data also, Logicom, these guys that have a regional presence in multiple yes. countries yes. that can drive scalable solution. And finally, obviously, marketplace. Marketplace where you have all the vendors has some type of marketplace solution. And again, I'm just always pitching this to my team, to everyone. There are, you know, and I cannot share the, the exact number, but let's say multi-million dollars revenue coming in C on Azure. We haven't even touched the customer. Customer goes to marketplace, finds us, and everybody like sellers are looking like, wow, how did it happen? You know why? Because customer didn't need it to go to RFP. It's an approved vendor qualified RF, instead of RFP, they can purchase it. So the time to market and the acceleration sometimes is like we are also surprised what type of stories are coming out. But but probably in order to be successful on this marketplace, you have to be very standardized and very kind of specific solution, right? Because otherwise it's very hard to imagine yes. somebody buying it, right? Good point. And I think the, the, the answer is here. It might be that you want to be in marketplace just to bring traffic to your solution. If your solution is very tailored, you need yes. to deploy, you need to do marketplace can be good bringing connection, new leads. Mm -hmm, if this mm -hmm. is a little bit something that some part of your solution, so it's not a software as a service, but some type of solution you can demo trial is the answer. Can you bring customer to marketplace and can you convert them to a trial? Yes. And the final stage is when you have transactable solution. That's when you have the full automated process. Customer can go there look at it uh, uh, driving trial and i think then the question for partner how can you work with marketing agencies how can i work with expert to bring traffic to marketplace 
to the specific solution. I think these are the the key points. Yeah. So whatever you do, it seems that marketing should be definitely and hardly involved into that. Yeah, in one or another uh, manner. And uh, we, we, we see that marketing, redefine marketing and yeah. talk about very tough lead generation engine. Can you get leads and what is the next step to qualify the leads and what you will do? This kind of like, not in a complete, you can look at the complicated way how we are doing at Microsoft in a complex way. Take out the things that would work for your scenario and try to implement in a way. Yeah. I think it and, was, uh, yeah. And if, on, I, if I may, a piece of statistics, which, which I read, uh, which pertains uh, Microsoft. So um, there was a white paper, I think it was, it was uh, uh, produced by um, Microsoft uh, Distributors Council or something like that. And basically mm -hmm. what they did, they calculated and they tried to estimate, does Microsoft spend more on R&D or does it spend more on marketing and sales? And they concluded that marketing spends slightly more on, on uh, that Microsoft spends slightly more on marketing and sales than on R&D. So, and I think it's a, it's a good example for, uh, for many other IT companies because if we look at uh, companies, founders, they have two things to do. And one is to uh, develop products and deliver what was sold. Another is to generate demand. And I think uh, so many founders focus uh, too much on, on delivering product and less on generating demand. And, and I think it, it should be a bit rebalanced. And then, then, then companies will see growth, then, then they will be able to increase price and, uh, and so on. Yeah. Correct. I think that's that's the, that's the key takeaway, and <laughs> I think we could talk like two more hours around this topic. <laughs> but it was a good summary from both of you. I, as time is running out, uh, we need to wrap up. I would like to thank you guys uh, for uh, again being with us. Uh, thank you, Gabor, for coming and and uh, for sharing all these insights. Uh, for me, it was uh, very very helpful and useful. I invite everyone uh, to follow IBD Consulting on LinkedIn or any other channel what uh, you prefer. We have um, all the episodes of Fry Talks. If you just use hashtag Fry Talks available on LinkedIn or just go to the um, uh, podcast platform of your preference, search for sales and marketing Fry Talks there. Or we have a dedicated YouTube channel now where you can also see all the recordings, including this one. Uh, and enjoy it, uh, hopefully. Otherwise, please comment, let us know uh, whether you like it, whether not, uh, what type of other questions you would like to, to learn from Gabor, from others who come uh, and visit us uh, every second Friday. Uh, once again, uh, thanks uh, Gabor, thanks uh, Rollins for joining me and uh, everyone who was uh, together with us uh, live. Uh, also, thank you and uh, wish you a great rest of the Friday and wonderful weekend and stay tuned. Thank you very much for the opportunity. It was great talking to you again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.